we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,060 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, you're shaking your head. Every time I say that statistic, you and Marty and Ned and everybody else, you you look up at the ceiling, you shake your head. It's almost like you just you don't appreciate where we are uh, and, and the hard work of so many that have gotten us here to this point. But first, before you respond to that, how are you? Well, healthy and alive, doing well. I've, you know, I'm just I'm tired of the COVID narrative. I'm tired of... I, I'm just I'm getting sick of hearing about the the transgender stuff and the you know uh, I I was reading here today there was a a kid at a Catholic Catholic school uh, the kid refused to side with the transgenders and said there's only two genders the Catholic school suspended him for the rest of the year the Catholic school Catholic school yeah of course at the same time the same. Uh, religion, their leader, the Pope, has said it's a sin to levy any kind of criticism or law against the LGBT community. And yet people still put up with it. Parents put up with it. School children put up with it. Do you know what happens if you're an entire class and you walk out of a classroom? There's not a whole lot they can do. If you refuse as a student to sit in there and to be fed that stuff, there's not a whole lot that they can do. What are they going to do? Send you home? I half think that that's a better place to be than where you're at, if that's the way it's going to be. It's the same as the um, the sports thing. You know how we always see the uh, uh, the transgender women that are out competing, the actual, like the biological women in the women's sports? A couple of things. I don't give a damn what the NCAA says. I don't care, nor should the, uh, nor should the girls. They shouldn't care. My question to that whole situation is, is why are you putting up with it? As a female athlete, why are you competing? You spend all your life getting to that point, training to be as good as you are to be at that venue, and you get undermined like that. Why are you participating? Why are the parents of these female athletes, why are they allowing this? That's the question you should be asking. Now, seeing as how we are at this point politically and there's historically there's no precedent for rolling back on it without going down a road that nobody really wants to go down or at the very least no one wants to talk about in order to solve this if this is how it's going to be let them form their own league i don't have any problem with that do you 
I, I don't have any problem with uh, transgender swimmers or basketball players or football players or MMA fighters or, or anything like that. Whatever, boxers, I don't care. Basketball, if I didn't say that, baseball, softball, I don't care. Start your own league. Yeah. Let's see how I'm, that I'm goes. That. Let's see how it goes. The, the thing that I'm against when it comes to the, the transgenders in sports is not transgenders in men's sports. If you can make the team, make the team. My problem is uh, having transgender women in women's sports. I don't like having males in women's sports. We, we, we separate the two because there are biological differences between the two. Men have a inherent, they're, they're geared more towards physical things. So when you, when you start getting into sports, men are inherently going to be better at sports. That's true. But women don't like this either. I can't, I can't imagine. And, and every time you hear one of them speak up, it's anonymously uh, most of the time. Because they say, well, we can't dare speak out because we would be thrown out of the league. Okay, throw me out. Get thrown out. Because clearly you're not going to be able to compete going forward because this is only going to get worse as we continue to promote the affirmation of it. So it's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any better for you. So you might as well speak out now. And those that do speak out, what happens to them? They do befall that fate, don't they? Every time. Yep. All right, that's enough about that. We already know. I mean, we know how that goes, right? I suppose we should get into the obvious thing. The Chinese balloon. The Chinese balloon. <laughs> well, there's, there's so many obvious things. Yeah. We'll talk about the earthquake uh, in, in Turkey. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But mm -hmm. first, I suppose we could uh, we should talk about the balloon. Now, here's my opinion before we get into any long, lengthy discussions about anything. This idea that this is a surveillance balloon is garbage. That is complete concocted bull out of the DOD, the State Department, the administration, and the media. That is not a surveillance balloon. We have something called satellites. The Chinese have something called satellites. All they have to do is move one over wherever they want to see, and they can see what they need to see. I think even as far back as like the, the late 80s, early 90s, they even hit that point. So they don't need to have a surveillance balloon come over. When I saw that, my first thought was, a surveillance balloon? When I, when I when I heard these these buffoons at the Pentagon, and that's what they are as far as I'm concerned, not only for for calling it a surveillance balloon and placating on the stupidity of the average person, but on top of that, you jackasses, let this continue. A surveillance system is pointless on a balloon. It does not make any sense. What does make sense is a delivery system for an EMP. That's what makes sense. For those that are unaware, I'm speaking of something called an electromagnetic pulse. What does this do? If you position a number of these things at that altitude or even a little higher, which these cannot, like EMPs cannot be done from satellites. Our magnetic field would actually just refract it back into space. It'd be irrelevant. So they can't achieve the objective they want from space. It has to be done at a lower altitude. So if you position three or four of these things, or five or six or, or whatever, I wouldn't say it would take any more than maybe six of these things at a specific altitude, and you detonate a small nuclear device on each one of those, which would cause an electromagnetic pulse, do you know what happens to the continental United States? You are 200 years in the past. Every single bit of microelectronics, every single bit of the grid that we know and we understand will be destroyed. You will have no electricity. You will have no running water. 
You will have no sanitation. You will have no vehicles that are not protected. Yeah, maybe uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a little bit of a finer point on that. EMPs are, uh, they, they are in the radio wave frequency. And so in other words, the, the wavelength is pretty large. I, I think yes. it was something like 20 feet or something like that. Uh, up to 20 so feet, yes. As little as six technically, and up to 20, yeah. So technically, you might get lucky and your vehicle might not get hit. Or your or your smartphone might not... Let's say you have your smartphone unplugged from uh, the charger and it's just sitting in your pocket. It's possible that it doesn't get hit. I mean, there, there is a possibility of that. The chances are reduced, though, if you're near a power line, because what happens is, is a power line acts as an antenna and will refract or or um, actually it's probably more appropriate to call it a repeater. It will hit the antenna and then it'll it'll basically rebroadcast that signal out again. Uh, it doesn't increase the strength or anything, but it can change uh, the modulation or, or where the, the, the wave is in relation to the other wave. And it, it could end up uh, hitting it. So it. it yeah. It it's better to say it, all your electronics will get hit versus saying, well, this one might survive because you just don't know. It's 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 a roll of the dice. There's no smartphones. There's no refrigeration. The there's no refrigeration. Yeah. There's no there's no. Uh, think about this. Right. Think think about the as you just talked about how it would be an amplifier. Right. So if it hits the grid, it's going to travel along that grid. This is why it's going to destroy the grid. By the way, you want to thank somebody for us not being in a position to where our grid is hardened to take some kind of a hit like this, you can thank President Obama. In 2009, he was approached by people in the national security apparatus, and they said, hey, we should probably take some steps to harden our grid because our adversaries are looking at this type of warfare in the future, but they're not there yet, so we need to get ahead of it. Let me explain to you what Obama and company did. They ignored those requests. They reassigned anybody that was involved with it, and they defunded any attempts to try and work around that. So if you want to thank somebody for this, you can point the finger at not just Obama, but that administration. That set the stage for where we are now to be as vulnerable as we are now. I would also throw under the bus the very departments that were uh, coming to the um, Obama administration uh, I would I would throw them under the bus as well, because under Trump, Trump tried to harden. Uh, now, they did get some things hardened against EMP, mostly government and banks, um, not the actual infrastructure to keep everything running. But take a wild guess who was in the way. State Department. Go figure. Yeah. So it, it, it has been tried. Um well, it's too little too late, yeah. because in my opinion, what we saw was a trial run for what they intend to do. And this is not this is not just exclusive to the U.S. Canada. Oh, you're in the crosshairs, too. Latin America, if they fail with the takeover of Brazil, excuse me, if they fail with the stealing of Brazil and Lula da Silva, they're going to turn your lights out. I assure you, they are dangerously close to failing with the U.S. This administration is on hot coals every other day, running all kinds of interference about the dealings with the administration, with the State Department, with the DOD, with big tech, and the release of this concocted freak, this Frankenstein, out of the Wuhan lab. All of the financial reports point to that. And all the pretexts to get us to that point point to the Biden administration. And if this fails, not only does it serve China's aims, it serves the aims of the likes of Klaus Schwab and company too, doesn't it? Not for their 
their digital uh, whatever it is that they want to create. Although they feel as though that could be a possibility on the other side. But it achieves a lot of aims that they want at the same time, doesn't it? Let's look at the Department of Homeland Security. Their own estimates, they estimate that within one year of an EMP attack on the United States, on the continental United States, they expect a 90% fatality rate amongst the American population within 12 months. And that's not because everybody's out there killing each other. That's because you have a breakdown of the most basic fundamental foundations of our civilization in our infrastructure. You have no running water. You have no electricity, obviously. You need electricity for running water. You have no fuel. You have no vehicles. You have no medical services. You have no transportation. I mean mass transportation. I'm not talking about just your normal your, your normal family car. You have no logistics. Everything breaks down. You have no agriculture. Nothing. And so they estimate that you will have a 90% population reduction just in the first 12 months because you don't have the most basic services. You don't have waste and sanitation services. You don't have running water. Just those two things right there, regardless of any drug or, or antiviral or antibiotic breakthroughs you have as a country, any kind of medical advances pale in comparison to simply having running water and sanitation. That will knock out disease in a country faster than anything else. And if you don't have those two things, well, then the rest of it doesn't work. So it gives China what they want. They want to be able to take over the U.S. without a shot being fired. They want America. They just don't want any Americans in it. They want South America. They don't want any South Americans in it. They want Canada. Actually, the Russians want Canada, but they don't want any Canadians in it. So it gives China what they want. It gives Klaus Schwab and company what they want, doesn't it? They want to depopulate. It certainly will do that. They want to cut off the resources anyway. They don't want you to have a car. That should be pretty clear by now. They don't want you traveling. They don't want you consuming. They want you eating their cricket stuff or, or whatever, what, whatever this crap is. They want you eating all the soy products, all the, the plant-based eggs from Bill Gates, the lab-grown milk and all the rest of it. They want to be able to rebuild on those principles. So in order to do that, you have to destroy everything in the, in the aforementioned, don't you? And that's what they want. It gives everybody what they want. So if you detonate six, five or six of these things, which <laughs> odds are you would never even know. You have an explosion like this, you know, a nuclear, a small nuclear detonation at between 40 and 60,000 feet. You're, you probably won't even notice that. You'll just notice that your phone doesn't work. Your car won't start. Buildings are probably going to be on fire. The amount of infrastructure damage we're talking about here is you can't even estimate that in a cost, I don't think, because those charges hitting the end lines in the houses, it's just going to sit there and reverb in your house. And it's going to cause it's going to cause spontaneous combustion. I'm I'm going to bet that if a nuclear device went off at 40,000 feet, uh, if a you're small within one, horizon a, range, a very it, compact one, if, if you made one that was it, if it was strong enough of a nuclear device to create an EMP, if you're within view of the horizon of, of wherever that balloon is, you're going to see the explosion. Oh, you think so? Because if you look at the, well, the flash, oh, yeah, the initial flash. Yeah. Yes. That, if that's I, true, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's something like within a mile's radius, that is the vaporization zone. Like if you're within a mile of that, just the light from an explosion from the nuclear weapon will turn you to ash. I mean, it will burn your shadow into the, the wall behind you. I mean, that, that's the kind of energy we're talking about just at a mile. Uh, so if, if they, you know, detonated one of those, um, and this is old data too, by the way. This is this is from the tests that we did back in like the fifties. So if China has one that's just you know uh, something like that, that it's specialized to do more EMP than you know nuclear fallout or whatever. Yeah, you're going to see it. You're going to see the flash. You're going to see the um, 
Yeah, it, it, yeah. Everybody will notice. Everybody will know about it. But everybody will know about it because, as you said, power grid's going to go off. Everything's going to go off. And the thing is, let's assume for a second that uh, it doesn't hit like your smartphone or your car or any of those kind of things. Um, well, you're 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 lucky if it doesn't hit your car because then you still have a mode of transportation. And phone is not going to matter. It's going to knock go out. out the towers. It's useless. That 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 was my point. Is it, even if it doesn't hit your phone, what, what are you going to use it for? I mean, at that point, uh, it, uh, it's pretty well useless. Entertainment, I guess, keep yourself sane during the time. As long as you have a solar panel, that can keep it charged. Other than that, you know, what, there, what, what good is it? But even if this was, let's just say, uh, let's take the, the more benign uh, in this and say it was. Careful, careful. You're going to trigger a debate amongst the English. <laughs> Be careful. Yes. Yes, I think of that every time I say that word now. Let's say this was just a spy satellite, and that's all it was, is to spy on America, okay, or a spy balloon or whatever. This went right over our nuclear facilities, uh, the, specifically the one in Montana. I, I forget exactly what it was. The, the I, I've seen the actual name of it and, and all that kind of stuff and whatnot. It went over that facility. There's a, let's see, a general, this is, uh, uh, I think it was Air Force General... No, no, because it was Army that came out and spoke. There was a, a four-star general from the Army that was basically saying, this is a load of BS. We would have detected this. By the way, this this balloon was supposedly 200 feet tall uh, and had a payload the size of a jetliner. Uh, so the the massive, uh, basically, <laughs> basically satellite underneath of it uh, was the size of a jetliner. We would have detected this long before it came to land in, in the Pacific. So we would we had a enormous amount of time to shoot this down over the Pacific long before it hit landfall. And we have jets in Alaska specifically for this reason. And we have warships all throughout the Pacific that monitor everything up there. I refuse to believe. I don't care what they say. The media and, and everybody that all the spokespeople you see out there in whatever damn uniform they got on. The hell's that mean anymore when they're wearing a leather dog mask? I refuse to believe that we didn't know that something was drifting our way. How many times have you seen in the last, I don't know, five years, the Russians have uh, committed an act by, uh, you know, an, an aerial incursion or whatever they call it, uh, where they break into our airspace. And we have to scramble jets to warn them and get them back out. How many times have they been doing that across uh, Alaska in the last five years alone? And Sometimes those, those fighter jets or, or uh, reconnaissance planes, as the Russians call them, sometimes those are flying above 40,000. You can track those, but you can't track a damn balloon, a technology that's centuries old, that's got something the size of a jetliner hanging off the bottom of it. You can't see that? We have one piece of tech that the, the civilian populace knows about from, we've known about this for 20 years plus, Aegis Combat Systems. The, the radar that Aegis uses can track a fly from like 200 miles away. You don't think they couldn't hit a jetliner, something the size of a jetliner, before it even came to land? Nah, uh, nah. So this was, uh, not only was our administration complicit with this whole uh, debacle, as you said, this could be an EMP. Dry yeah, run, I, at least. A dry run, yeah. They just wanted to see what, what kind of a response they would get out of it. So you, you let that thing continue? 
Oh, uh, we're not going to shoot it down because of the danger to the public and property damage. Fool, it's out there in the middle of nowhere. No disrespect to the people of Nebraska and Kansas, but there's not a whole lot out there other than corn and soybeans. Or even Montana when it was first spotted by oh, the civilian populace. There's, there's nothing. Uh, I was I talking mean, to somebody out there just the other day when that thing flew over and they said, uh, why didn't they shoot it down out here? Because there's nothing here. There's nothing for like miles. You'd be driving for two and a half hours on a two lane road and there's nothing. Now, there was after the initial spotting, supposedly the initial I say the initial spotting. I'm doing the air quotes. Initial spotting. There was an explosion that happened over Billings, Montana. And Bruce, you and I saw the video. Fox News covered it for about, oh, I don't know, five minutes. And then it disappeared. Something was shot down over Billings, Montana. The DOD said that they didn't shoot anything down. The State Department confirmed that there was nothing that was shot down. So what we saw wasn't what we saw. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? I am not here. Did you say that this thing had, uh, what was it? Uh, it contained something that would explode, uh, like it causes a self-explosion. It had some, an explosive package on board. They did. It was supposedly there was a self-destruct on there. So if, uh, for example, we shot it down, it would explode and detonate to throw all the material everywhere and make it more difficult to piece it back together to find out what it what it was. They were actually having a difficult time finding all the pieces to it uh, in the debris field because it was floating away and, you know, had shattered quite a bit. And, and it's likely because of this. I imagine when they locked onto it, they probably locked onto the under the, the jetliner underneath and didn't uh, uh, hit the balloon, though the balloon would have popped anyway. But uh, I imagine the, the the weapon system locked onto the metallic part of it and not the um, whatever material the top of the balloon is made out of. And if you think that this is just a one-off, it's funny. We started hearing about other balloons. It wasn't just the one. The Canadians said that they had another one up there. Latin America, there was a couple down there. We were supposedly tracking three, right? Would it surprise you, Bruce, if you heard that this is not the first time that this has happened, but it's the first time that they've actually had to go public about it because it was visible? Actually, um, I'm pretty sure this was public, but not, you know, talked about in mainstream. Under Trump, uh, one of these happened. Uh-huh. They're saying that a, uh, a Chinese balloon crashed off of a, the coast of Hawaii four months ago. Four months. Was Trump in office four months ago? No. No, he was not. And apparently there was a Chinese balloon that crashed off of the uh, Pacific coast of uh, or into the Pacific off the coast of Hawaii about that time. Yeah. So th this isn't the first time this happened. And, you know, we also have uh, nuclear facilities, nuclear launch facilities in Hawaii, too. What was it doing there? You know what this was? You know what this was? You know what we just shot down? Um, we just shot balloon? down the Chinese space station. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, no, see, Bruce, you, you're you're misunderstanding. They've built the biggest space station that the world's ever seen. Of course, no one's actually seen it, but it's up there. They say and, it's up there. Well, and the only footage we've seen of it, it, actually, it's so big that it has its own gravitational pull because all the water glasses we see in the space station, uh, the water is acting normal and and sitting at the bottom of the glass as it should on on Earth. So. Clearly, they've made one that's so big that uh, it has its own gravitational pull. 
it's one of those no no so you misunderstand because it's it's got its own gravity like gravity ring or whatever you see in like you know the sci-fi oh, they're using centrifugal force to, yeah you know yeah spin it that's, and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you see you see us dumb westerners we don't know what we're doing uh when it comes to being in space like that so you see they have to show you the way comrade the white house said that follow or that biden followed the advice of the pentagon and top military leaders not to shoot down the balloon over the U.S. in case it costs civilian casualties or other collateral damage. Civilian casualties in the middle of Montana, in the middle of uh, of Nebraska, you're going to cause civilian casualties. In the middle of Wyoming, there's not a whole lot out there. Yellowstone, maybe a couple of coyotes, I mean, some wild horses. Maybe, maybe you hit it with a larger payload then? I mean, if you're concerned about debris, why don't you hit it with a bigger payload to cause smaller debris? Even you were pointing out that they saved money shooting it down. The first time the government that we can see actually saved money. Yeah, they they shot it with the Sidewinder missile, which is, that's ancient tech. That's stuff from back in like the 80s and 90s. They're saying that the uh, uh, this happened at least three times under the uh, the Trump administration. I don't buy that for a second, because if this happened under Donald Trump, and believe me, I'm no fan of the guy these days, and I will not support him in the upcoming 2024 election, but... If this had happened under Donald Trump, I can assure you that that thing would have been shot down before it entered Alaskan airspace. Uh, uh, Real quick. The Sidewinder entered service back in 1956. So it's a little older than I said. Just a little bit. And we're still using them, apparently. Well, if they work, if they work, I suppose. Well, the originals were infrared, I think. And then now I'm I'm pretty sure they're radar based. uh, So it's. We, we've upgraded them and changed them over the years, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, so if uh, they, they've been doing upgrades to it, but um, yeah, it's more of a short range, I think, as well. Either way, I'm not really concerned uh, about, uh, well, I'm concerned about the, the actual, you know, the Chinese uh, sending those over because of what I said. I'm not concerned about their reasoning behind it, that it's a surveillance bullet. I don't give a damn. They've got surveillance satellites up there. They can use the damn things anytime they want. But at EMP, that would be more devastating than any nuclear arsenal that they could throw at the U.S. And they don't need to be precise. Keep that in mind. With a nuclear detonation from a guided missile, you know, a, a means on, on a some type of a delivery system, you've got to be precise to hit your target, right? Obviously, the, the first targets would be cities. They've got to be precise. And we all know that the Chinese, they can't quite be precise when they throw a bomb somewhere or a missile somewhere. They're not exactly precise. But with an EMP, you don't have to be. I'm not really I mean, concerned. Obviously, about, it depends on the size of the EMP. Well, yes, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, as time goes on, and they do have access to that technology, as far as I know, and so do the Russians. Uh, as far as a um, as far as a biological program goes, I, obviously we know the Chinese have that. Obviously, the Wuhan lab. So we know that that exists. And as far as I know, and as as much research as I've done, and I've listened to, to experts on the you know the, Soviet, the former Soviet Union, and I would argue still the current the current Soviet Union, they abandoned their biological program back in the 1980s. That was my understanding. That is my understanding thus far. The Russians never pursued that because mm. the Chinese did. Now this is officially they abandoned it. Whatever program that they were working on, this might interest you a little bit. Maybe we can do some digging on this. I'm not sure. Whatever program they were working on, as far as biological development, this is the Russians I'm speaking of. Whatever program they were working on, they were not working on it inside of Russia, at least not officially. What official programs they were working on were in the country of Ukraine. 
And it just so happens that when the, quote, collapse of the Soviet Union happened under the Clinton administration, we made a deal with the Ukrainians, didn't we? Give up your nuclear arsenal and we will protect you. That was the deal. And of course, that opened the door for us to go in there and take control of those labs, didn't it? Yeah, uh, I, I just wanted to point out uh, part of the uh, <laughs> uh, Russia, I think, still has um, research in that. There's a 2002 article that talked about Russia still having smallpox, like the, the sample in their laboratories. That part is true. Yes. There are two countries out there that we know of that have samples of the smallpox virus in containment. One country is Russia. The other country is the U.S., both of which are trustworthy oh. when it comes to our governments, aren't they? They're very trustworthy. It's also... It's also believed, according to that article, Iraq had one and um, France had some as well. The French, I could believe. The Iraqis, remember, they had WMDs. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did, but they were moved out of country on uh, civilian airliners. They took the seats out and transported it that way. And it makes you wonder, where'd they go? Some of them went to Syria. Uh, and outside of that, this was from Assad, mind you. Uh, so take that for what you will. Mm -hmm. uh, but the rest, I don't know where they ended up. Maybe, you know, Pakistan or, you know, something like that. Interesting. I suppose, speaking of uh, that part of the world, I suppose we should talk about Turkey, right? 7.8 magnitude earthquake, not one, not two, but three, three of them. On top of that, you're still having, as we speak, you're still having aftershocks of at least 5.5 or more. That country is not built to deal with this kind of thing. Bruce and I were going over some video before we started here. We were just looking at uh, you know some of the initial reports, amateur video and stuff like that, and even a news report from Al Jazeera uh, coming out of there. And it is horrific. I mean, imagine you're just standing there. You're just, you're, I mean, you just see people walking on the streets and driving their cars and all of a sudden buildings just fall down around you. Multi-story, 10, 10 stories or higher, apartment complexes, buildings, uh, uh, business buildings, offices, office complexes just come down. We saw a video of this uh, this Al Jazeera reporter, and he's doing a live report in the street. There's so much dust. It looked like I had that that 9-11 kind of, you know, after the, the first tower came down, you know, all the dust and the guy sitting there doing the report. And there's just this horde of people that just come out of the dust from behind him. And you can just see the buildings cascading, like falling one in front of the other out into the street. And they're all just running. It looked like something out of a bad Hollywood movie. You know, like Armageddon or, or what if what is what is that one? Um, uh, the earthquake movie that they made. Um, oh, hell. It's about California. San Andreas. Yeah, you know, the San Andreas fault line. It's been many years since I've seen that. But that's the kind of feeling you get when you when you watch that and seeing all that destruction over there. One thing that they're not talking about, though, is this. When this little debacle in Ukraine started between Russia and the Ukrainians, when that that whole thing kicked off over there. What happened to the oil and gas pipelines? Well, can't use those anymore, right? Those are cut off. That that was a pipeline that delivered the uh, uh, the Ural pipeline or whatever it was that delivered, at least one of them, that delivered the oil from Russia into Europe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was at least one of those pipelines was owned and operated by a gas company called Burisma. It's not like there's a connection there between Ukrainian oligarchs and Mitt Romney's uh, campaign manager and John Kerry's son and Joe Biden. And I, I, somebody else was involved with that. Uh, was Nancy Pelosi's kid involved with that or something? I, yeah. I think. Nephew, I think, or Nephew. kid or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, Family yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Uh-huh. You couldn't use that pipeline anymore, so you had to reroute all of that stuff through Turkey. What happened in Turkey this morning? Well, last night and this morning. All those oil and gas pipelines, well, they kind of got destroyed. Can't use those anymore. What are we going to do now? 
I've been telling people all day, if you don't have fuel in your car or you do have fuel in your car, and if it doesn't have very much, go get it. That's just a simple common sense precaution. If you're listening to us and you're on the continent of Europe and you don't have a full tank of gas, go get it. And if you can't go get it right now, drop whatever you're doing and go get it. Because these people that are running and quarterbacking this from these governments are looking at any chance to create panic, crisis, and shortages in order to jack the price up to squeeze you. What are you laughing at, Bruce? You're always laughing. You're laughing when I when I call these people. Are you laughing at the, the fact that these people are trying to save humanity? Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to save humanity. Sure. And they're going to uh, get rid of your natural gas and electricity so that uh, more people die of, uh, you know, cold winters and hot summers. Uh, yeah. Which actually it's turning out to be cold and not more hot. Because um, we set some records for the coldest climate or close, coldest temperatures on record here this year, this winter. I will remind you what was told to me by a left wing climate activist. You're seeing things all wrong. And I said, well, please tell me the error of my ways. And they said, the cooling is the warming. Yeah, I, I happen to believe in science and uh, take the scientific method. If the uh, temperature is going down, the numbers are going down, getting smaller. That means it's colder, not warmer. Uh, just, you know, just so you know, it's well, kind of a quick, you know, little lesson on that. Indeed. Uh, just a friendly reminder, fill up your car, make sure you have a full tank of gas. That should be like commonplace anyway. I, like I understand that we're all comfortable and everything, but that should be like a common sense thing even now, especially right now. Somebody came up to me today and said, hey, is everything okay? And I said, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and as Bruce pointed out when I said that to him, he said, at what point in the last three years, especially, has anything been OK? After I mean, we you got done talking the last 20 years since we were oh, yeah, politically last, aware. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Oh, there's so much truth to that. But as I uh, I was sitting there explaining to uh, this uh, this person I was talking to, I said, did you see the uh, the earthquake in uh, in Turkey? Well, the three earthquakes in, in Turkey. And they said, yeah, I did. And I said, how many cars do you own? They said one. I said, I would go fill it up tonight. And they said, do you think it's going to be a problem? And I said, well, <laughs> I'm not putting anything past these people. Maybe not. Hopefully not. But as I said, they're looking for any reason. And the person says, well, what are you going to do? I said, as soon as we get done talking, I'm going to the gas station. I'm going to fill up. Yeah. And if you can safely and legally, because I don't know what regulations are in every country, uh, if you can safely and legally store a jerry can of fuel, uh, you might consider it. Yeah, you can do that here. So, yeah, if you can safely do it, I would recommend doing it just to have extra on hand just in case. That should be part of your um, survival kit, really. That's prepping 101. Extra fuel, of course. And make sure you put a little bit of fuel stabilizer in there in case you have to have it for a long period of time. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, your thoughts on Turkey? It, it was it was pretty horrendous, uh, but you were seeing a lot of those videos. Yeah. And, yeah. What did you think? So uh, I think it's pretty, pretty sad. Pretty, um, you know, it's very horrific. Some of the videos we were seeing uh, between Turkey and Syria, they're saying 34,000 people have been killed and something like uh, uh, rough math. Uh, I'm, I'm wanting to say in the vicinity of 20,000 that they're aware of uh, with injuries. So uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. And honestly, can you can't yeah, let can. any crisis go to waste, you know? No, you can't. You can't let any crisis. So they're going to they're going to no. use it. And exploit it, like you're saying, with the fuel and everything. I think that's going to be something they try to exploit here in the near future. So, 
Indeed. Yeah. You'll be happy to know, Bruce, that Zelensky has said that Ukraine is standing by ready to offer assistance if needed to the country of Turkey. If you're doing so well for yourselves that you have surplus to send to another country, huh, maybe we shouldn't be sending billions to you. Just, just a saying. Yeah, just a thought. Okay, uh, we're going to continue to monitor what goes on in Turkey uh, because I, I I happen to think that if you're getting earthquakes in the med, you're probably going to get more. Just a thought. If you've got a fault line that's active there, you're probably going to have it in other places. I think actually the Ring of Fire has been a little bit more active as of late because we just, I don't know, like a week ago, China just had a big earthquake here recently. So no injuries, no deaths. Things are, comrade. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So... I agree. I think we're going to see a lot more earthquakes uh, as things. And the other thing that we're, we're kind of uh, watching is uh, our magnetic field is shifting. We don't necessarily know what kind of tectonic plate movement that means or uh, if it's going to have any effect on, uh, you know, as I said, the ring of fire, which is the tectonic plates. That's where those are located. We don't know what that's going to mean. It's not just the ring of fire, though. Though California is due. They are due. The big one, as they keep saying, even those that are not familiar with the big one in the U.S., you at least know the term, the big one. California is due. They haven't had a uh, a really good rocking out there since, I want to say it was the 90s, where that freeway collapsed. I think everybody's seen that photo, the, uh, the overpass, it, it collapsed. So they're due for one. Every other place on the Ring of Fire in the Pacific Rim, every other place has been hit by a big one. You remember Japan about 10 years ago? I, I want to say it was been, it's been about 10 years now. Japan got hit, or I think it was actually more than 10 years ago now. But I remember that one, and everybody was thinking that California, right, if there's one out there. Uh, the Fukushima situation, I think, was yep. 2011. 2011. Okay, so it's been... It's been 12 years. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's been a minute. I can't believe that's been 12 years ago already. It's Good 12 Lord. years ago. That's crazy. Man, that is crazy. <laughs> it seems Time like it was just flying. a couple of years ago. But oddly enough, the city of Buffalo, New York, they got hit by a 3.9 this morning. Buffalo, New York. We actually had an earthquake here not too late, um, not too long ago. I expected um, that. I think it was close to a four. We don't have... A big fault line here. There is a fault line here, but it's a it's a minor one. It's not like on a. I think it's more of a fracture and not an actual fault line. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of the plate, and there shouldn't be activity here, <laughs> but there is fracking. Yeah, it's clearly fracking. That's that's what the the issue is. You support there's fracking? A fault, there's a fault line here that the, the Indians have known. Do you support fracking? Yeah, I do. It it, it honestly, if we didn't have fracking. Uh, we wouldn't have gotten out of the 2008 debacle as quickly as we did. Mm, yeah, that is true. That is true. I sorry, I was I was trying to was trying to do a Fetterman there. Wasn't yeah. really working too well because yeah. I'm actually coherent. Yeah, fair. All right, on to what we're going to well, we're going to have to put up with artificial intelligence. Unfortunately, I hate to say this, but a lot of people are they're going to lose their jobs. Right? It's just going to happen. How many are going to lose their jobs? I don't know. When you put two billion people out of work, that's a little bit of cause for concern. And again, as I was saying last week, well, they put 2 billion people out of work, obviously not quite overnight. I mean, when I say overnight, I don't mean tomorrow. I mean, two years, five years, 10 years. You put a couple of billion people out of work, well, that's going to make a lot of people mad. And if you don't have anything to offer them, if you're a, I don't know, a, a Bill Gates or a, or Dennis Meadows from the Club of Rome, if you're a Yuval Noah Harari from the World Economic Forum, if you're a Klaus Schwab, what do you need to keep them around for? That's their thinking, not mine. And as someone that um, uh, in, in the world that I operate in other entertainment areas, when you commission work, 
you commission basically freelancers to do art, music, those kind of things. I'm not going to knowingly commission an AI to do that work. I'm going to find some freelance uh, individual and help them out, bring them business. But here's the problem. They're trying to ban freelance. They're trying to force it to where you have to be part of a union. So you're going to be a uh, corporate. And the problem with that is uh, AI is going to take those jobs, as as you're saying. Um, and and we're, we're talking all avenues, everything. Uh, AI can take over. Uh, <laughs> there isn't one safe job. The only one that's probably going to take a while is anything that has to do with empathy or compassion. Any of those kind of jobs will be delayed, but eventually those will get overtaken when we learn how to simulate empathy with an AI. That might be closer than you think. And the reason I say that is because of the following chart. These are the jobs that are going to be eliminated by the use and introduction of artificial intelligence. This is the first wave. You know, they talk about a first wave of COVID, a second wave of COVID. Wait till you see the uh, the waves of AI they're going to throw at you. You're going to love this. I happen to have a list here of the first jobs, the first professions that are going to be on the chopping block. Bruce, you don't look happy. Oh, no, I'm, uh, you know, having machines take over the jobs of humans. Uh, there are some things that I'm for uh, in this in this avenue. Uh, there are some jobs that I'm for robotics taking over, artificial intelligence taking over because, um, you know, it's just more efficient and we can produce things at a much cheaper um, rate and make it more affordable for the average person uh, and open the door for other jobs to be created. Um, but uh, this is this is this is everywhere. This is everything. Uh, so I'm not I'm not happy about this. You will be happy to know, though, since you're not happy about that, you'll be happy to know this. The first job that's going to be on the chopping block is content creator. Uh, you see, you see that that's what we're doing. We're sitting here, we're creating content and you, the listener, the end user in, in that world, you're the buyer of that content because you listen. We create the content, you listen to it. That's our thing here. That's what we're doing. But you see, because of AI, we're not going to need that anymore. You're not going to have to listen to us anymore. We're going to be replaced and others like us will be replaced. Why? This is their explanation. Artificial intelligence can create content that is well-designed and visually appealing, making human content creators redundant. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I Actually, I have some family that are um, uh, in, in that line of work of content creation, not just in the, in the medium that we make, but, or, you know, produce, but it's also um, in the art world, music world, uh, those kind of things. Um, again, when it comes to those kind of things, it's fun to toy with AI to, uh, you know, see where it's come and what it can do and produce. It does open the door for, um, more, uh, uh accessible, cheaper, uh, products. But at the same time, if I want something, if I want a product, for example, art or music, I'm going to a human being. I'm not going to an AI, no matter how good the AI is, I'm going to a human being. Because there's just a part of the human soul, uh, a part of the human emotion that's expressed in that. And with AI, it's not there. Well, we could get into a long debate about that because the creators of the algorithms for artificial intelligence say, well, no, there's human creativity there. Well, I, I tend to agree with that to an extent, but we're seeing a problem already as if we didn't know that that's what it was going to be. The AI already has a bias. That's the problem. It already has certain political leanings, if you will. Even if it didn't, you can't. These are simulations. They're mimicking human uh, human creativity. It's not it's not being creative itself. 
It can only do what it's learned. It can't create new. Human beings have the capacity to create new. So that that's where that's where the human element is going to be lost, honestly, in this. I'm not disagreeing with you, which is exactly why they say that the human weaknesses will be replaced by artificial intelligence in the aspects of creativity, originality, and personal touch. Yeah, but okay, let's say you make a perfect piece of music with AI. It's perfect in every way. You lose the human element because those mistakes in there make it unique to uh, the human race. It makes every single little bit in there makes it unique. So, nah, nah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't like it either. I, I, we think is one. Believe me. Next job, data analyst. Sorry, you're done. You're finished. AI can process and analyze large amounts of data faster and more accurately than humans, leading to job loss for data analysts. Do you remember the yep. uh, the uh, clip that we played of Herman Kahn and his assistant at the Hudson Institute back in the uh, what was yep. it like the, the '60s or whatever? I think it was they like were saying then. Yeah. yeah, they were saying then publicly. These systems are going to be created in the coming decades, and we're not going to need people for that anymore. They were saying that decades before we were even born. Journalist? Sorry. Sorry, CNN. Sorry, MSNBC. You're out of a job. Artificial intelligence can write news articles with impartiality, which is BS, accuracy, which is BS, and speed, that part I agree with, making human journalists redundant. Again, with the algorithms that they currently have currently, not saying that it can't change, but the system that the, and the tracks that they're currently on with this uh, chat GPT or whatever it is, and this new one that Google introduced today called uh, Bard, I think it's called. But these things that they already have, the woke slant to things, if you will. Impartiality? No. Accuracy? Certainly not. No, not going to work. Define accuracy. Well, that's why I say it, it wouldn't work because accurate to us and accurate to that is, you know, accurate to the truth. No, but accurate to the narrative that they want. Yes. That, that yes. Yeah, that that part I will agree with. Yeah. But as far as obeying the um, the universal truths, if you will, as you like to call it no teacher. Yep. You're out of a job if you're a teacher, which we kind of figured that was that. What, what do you think the beta test for that was? The lockdowns. That was the beta test. With the deep fakes and and with the uh, the, the artificial intelligence overlaid with that, you're not going to be needing teachers in the coming years. It's not going to happen. You're going to be a you're going to be in an augmented or virtual reality world anyway. That too. Uh, when that you too. do it, so you don't you don't need any you know yeah. Artificial intelligence can provide individualized learning experiences to students, making human teachers redundant. Just don't need them anymore. There is an element of truth there. You could produce. You could make a customized uh, teaching uh, teaching algorithm for each student that would be custom made for them. The problem is, is what are you teaching them? And the other thing is, is there's it. also social skills and everything else that you learn when you interact with other human beings, which you won't learn with an AI. You're just knocking it out of the park today. Marketing manager. Don't need marketing managers anymore. AI can analyze market trends and consumer behaviors to develop effective marketing strategies, making human marketing managers redundant. That's already a tool in their um, it is. toolbox right now. Yeah. So. Yep. The Fortune 500 have been using that for a long time. Customer service representatives, if you're a store worker, they, they don't need you anymore. Why do you think uh, they've been cutting your pay Google. for years? Yeah, there you go. Google. Uh, well, the, you see, those people that have been fired from Google and Twitter and Facebook and Microsoft, they've been given good job opportunities in the coming months and years. And guess who's scooping them up? Uh, the feds. The NSA. Because oh, you've done guessed. a great job. Yeah, you've done a great job at these uh, these companies censoring the American people. So uh, we need you here. 
the the reason I point out Google as well, um, you call into tech support. It's been this way for a good five, six years. You call into tech support and the human you think you're talking to, um, you'll find out when you're, when you're, you know, press one for a representative. Yeah, you weren't talking to a, a rep the entire time. You were talking to an AI. And it's actually become eerily, eerily, scarily close to actual human interaction. I actually heard a recording, like an actual call, as in it wasn't scripted, it wasn't faked or anything like that. They just, they recorded the call and I thought that is exactly like a real person. I, I could not tell the it difference. Can, it, it can understand you, it understands slang, it understands uh, if you have an accent. I mean, it's pretty impressive uh, what they've come up with. It's actually kind of scary. I remember at the end of that call, the uh, the AI said, well, if you give me just a minute, I'll transfer you to a representative. And, and they're like, well, well, who are you? Oh, I'm just I'm just an artificial intelligence bot. I, I need to transfer you to somebody else. <laughs> it's creepy, man. I'm telling you, it's just it's creepy. Uh, just like that Morgan Freeman uh, deep fake that we watched. That was pretty good. That, that was pretty good. It, I mean, you could tell that pretty it was good. that it was off. But I mean, to the untrained eye, it was, it was pretty good. Financial analyst. Yeah, you're done. AI can analyze financial data and make informed decisions. Don't need them anymore. Product manager. You can analyze market trends, consumer behavior, develop effective product strategies. Again, just like the marketing manager, you don't need them. Human resources. Why do you think they've been calling it human resources for decades? They've been training you to get used to that. Human resources. They can handle functions such as hiring, performance evaluations, and payroll processing. Don't need a person for that anymore. Social media manager. Artificial intelligence can manage and analyze social media interactions. Don't need them anymore. Well, I mean, if you can do it on the phone, why can't you program a yes. bot to do it? Chat GPT made that clear. Yep. Uh, they can yep. handle social media. Yep. Legal secretary. They've actually been doing this for quite some time. Uh, you don't need uh, someone to handle that legal paperwork anymore and, and all the research and stuff. That would put private investigators out of work. They actually um, have an AI so, doing an attorney, uh, attorney work for I heard a about that. cases. Yeah, I heard uh, about that. The, the dude had like an earpiece in and the AI would listen into what's going on and give him advice on what to say. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard the first trial case of that is actually going through now. Yeah. Uh, medical receptionists, you know, the people that take uh, your information and hand you that stack of 9000 pointless forms at any uh, medical facility in and around the world. Yeah, that one. Uh, they don't need those people anymore. Well, they still they're still going to need someone behind the desk to tell you put your mask on. So, yes, that's true. Well, well they could no, they could. I honestly I think that they're looking at getting rid of those too, because they have those at the airport already. Do you remember the NBC thing that we watched? You know, the the little thing, mm -hmm. they, they have the new thing the that Delta AI Airlines thing. is doing. Yeah. Or the, yeah. yeah. It scanned you and seen if you yep. were wearing a mask or not. Yep. That one. Uh-huh. So they don't need one of those what's, anymore either. So what, what, what's keeping you from going up to one of the, uh, the scanners and just putting your hand over your face to look like you're wearing a mask. What, well, you is, get is denied. It, is it defined enough? No, to you, you know, you get denied if you if you don't have one of those on. Yeah. But how, how does it know what I'm getting at, at? How good is the technology to determine that you're actually wearing a mask at, or it's your hand in front of your face? Bruce, it knows. It knows. You just lost 20 social credit points. Good. Graphic designer. Here's your art. Uh, AI can create visually appealing designs. So you don't need artists any longer, which we've actually did. I mean, we've tested some of that stuff. You know, you go in and you type in a few things that you want it to do, and it will create a piece of art. Now, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not keen on some of the stuff that it creates. I don't really like the the visuals and the graphics and all that stuff. I don't really like it. But um, at least the stuff we were. Well, the stuff we were seeing was um, abstracts. It was not 
the I've yeah, seen some others point. and it's really good. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty decent, pretty convincing stuff, I have to say. Copywriter, um artificial intelligence can write compelling and persuasive copy. So you don't need human copywriters anymore. There's no point. Web development. Again, I think this would go along with um, your programming and your your artist kind of thing, because those the, like developers, those are kind of a mix of the two. I've always thought because you're not just designing uh, a program. You're also designing uh, a piece of art that has to be visually appealing to people. So I, I've always considered web developers to be like, you know, two, you know, two prof- of two professions, if you will. Yeah, they work hand in hand with the uh, the graphics designers. But yeah. being as it's basically coders that are making the AI, then yeah, that's probably true. It could it could do it better. Librarian, honestly, I I think that one's long overdue. Yeah, they could have done that one years ago. Translator, no argument there. The Google Translate, ah, it's it's pretty good. You know, I mean, I the, I've, well, seen... I've toyed around with it. It's it's pretty good. Well, that that there's also one that will hear someone speak and then translate it in, into whatever language you want. Uh, and, and you just wear an earpiece and a microphone and it, it can help you with that conversation. So neither of you could speak English. One speaks like Spanish and the other one speaks like Japanese. And it will translate it from Japanese to Spanish. It's pretty impressive. Interior designer. Or for that matter. Yeah, go ahead. Since I used English, I'll, I'll just so it doesn't sound stupid. Let's say there's a third person involved and they're speaking English. It'll translate it from English to Spanish and Japanese at the same time. So each person hears and understands individual. It's it's really impressive just off of voice. And it plays audio. It plays like, a, you know, the uh, Microsoft Sam or whatever the, the voice over thing is. They do something similar to that. And you can actually have it. Huh? They have a new one now. I thought it was Cortana or whatever it was. No, no. Sam is like one of the old ones before Cortana. Oh, uh, Sam was the the voice that would basically, you know, in Star Trek, the computer, how it would talk to you. They just took bits and pieces of her voice and and stuck it together. Um, oh, I see. I it's the same I, thing. I it, it it has all the vowel sounds and letter sounds and all that, and it it creates its own. Uh, you know. Oh, I see. Uh, interior designer. Again, that goes along with your uh, your art. You don't need uh, those interior designers anymore. So all of you people that got mm. an interior design degree, that's useless. Sorry. Uh, bookkeeper. Knowing someone that knowing someone that is artsy and kind of an interior designer, uh, there's not really there's too many uh, preferences that are involved. You you, you can't do it. You, you can't. <laughs> There's there's too many preferences uh, because, for example, this individual believes black and brown do not go together. So if you're wearing anything that's of the brown uh, uh, category, you cannot wear black. Let's say you have a leather jacket and leather shoes. You cannot have brown shoes and a, a black jacket or vice versa. OK, preference. I mean, preference, it, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. It's preference. Yeah, yeah. And and that that filters off into the uh, design ideas that they come up with. Bookkeeper. I, I mean, this goes along with like the legal secretary and the human resources and the uh, uh, the receptionists and uh, analysts and uh, all that stuff. So you don't you don't need them anymore. What is it? Bigsby? I think it's Samsung's first foyer into that world. I um, think so. It's yeah. supposed to be the personal assistant and secretary and all that. Fun it's stuff. like yeah. Apple's version of it's Siri. Supposed to do yeah. All that. Yeah. 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 Uh, receptionist again. That goes along with uh, with the uh, above mentioned there. And then this last one, musician. We were having this discussion before we started. Musician. Can this actually create musical compositions and can it perform those musical compositions completely on its own? Well, uh, just doing a quick search of it. I, I just looked up AI generated music. Uh, the top two uh, is Jutebox is one of them. And the other one 
is uh, there's an AI generated music sound drawer. So if you're curious yourselves, uh, you can go on to one of those uh, or, you know, Google it yourself and uh, see if it can produce any music that you're interested in. That's interesting to say the least. I might have to do that to see if it actually holds any water. Anyhow, those are the first rounds of jobs that are probably going to be on the chopping block if AI is allowed to continue. But like I was telling uh, Bruce and Prep, I think that they have a window in order to implement this. And I think that they're on a timetable. And the problem is, is that this isn't going to work the way that it's being implemented. One, it's too soon the way that they're trying to do it. And two, there is the bias and the lack of impartiality that's already there. Those two things, in my opinion, it's already a failure on arrival. Honestly, I don't see any um, uh, any need to have that as part of a uh, you know the backbone of a social credit infrastructure going forward. I think the whole thing's made itself redundant already. That's going to be it, at least for today. Bruce, you got anything else? No, nothing, nothing else really offhand. Um... I'm I'm looking forward to our AI overlords. I just want to throw that out there. It's going to be great, isn't it? I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You've already, I mean, you're going into this with a, with a negative credit score already. Just imagine how much you're going to be able to advance yourself in that society with that AI, that woke AI. Imagine that. Yeah, I plan to not be in that system. Personally. Yeah, well, but, you know. I guess we'll be neighbors then. All right, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. Bruce, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great evening.